Hello, everyone, and welcome to Interactions and Attractions, a podcast that explores rural tourism and all that North Carolina has to offer. I'm your host, Carol Klein, part of the Uplift program and a tourism professor at Appalachian State University. And I am so excited to embark on this adventure with all of our listeners and special guests. In this podcast, we'll be exploring the ins and outs of the tourism industry through conversations with some of the brightest minds in the industry. From seasoned tourism experts to inspiring community leaders and valuable state partners, we'll hear their stories, insights, and passions for the destinations that they hold dear. Come along with us to discover how tourism can aid the local economy, preserve ecosystems, and celebrate the diversity of our cultures. Hi, everybody. Happy New Year and welcome to 2024. We are kicking off the new year and the new season with Whit Tuttle. He is the executive director of Visit North Carolina. We are so excited to have him on there. Happy New Year, Whit. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2024. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Thanks for being on Interactions and Attractions. Um, Whit, I have gotten to know you over the last few years. I'm very excited that you're at the helm of Visit NC. Um, I see you from time to time at conferences and at meetings, uh, most recently at some uplift meetings. But I don't know how long you have lived in North Carolina and where you lived before that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I've been in North Carolina for 17 years. I've uh, been with the state tourism office for all those 17 years. I started as the PR director, then I was the marketing director. Then for about the last 12 years, I've been the executive director. Um, I grew up in Florida, outside of Orlando, uh, and um, spent some time in Alaska. That's great. We are very lucky to have you here in North Carolina. Um, we, I'm so happy, as I said, that you're at the helm of the agency that leads our state tourism efforts. Um, and uh, while you've been here, while you've been leading, the, um, the agency have, has won all kinds of awards. Um, and you yourself won the National State Tourism Director of the Year Award uh, last year in 2022. Yes, thank you. Uh, it was quite an honor. You know, it's a uh the one, there are 50 state tourism directors and uh, they all vote on it. So it was a real honor to be named by my peers that it's uh, highlighted my career for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it is. Um, it's really cool. It, it just says a lot about how people um, outside the state respect you as well as those inside the state and inside the industry. Um, so I'm not sure that people have a full scope of the things you do. I'm not sure I have a full scope of the things you do. So what does the executive director for Visit and See do? Sure. So mostly what I try and do is, is uh, we encourage people to visit the state. Um, and now there are a lot of people that do that. And, and a lot of local tourism offices try and get people to visit their specific areas. So what we're trying to do is sort of an umbrella campaign for the state to get people to think about the state before they think, oh, I'm going to go to the Outer Banks. I'm going to go to Asheville. I'm going to go to Oxford, North Carolina. And so we're really the way I tell people is we're an amplifier. 
there are a lot of people broadcasting messages about why it's great to come to their specific areas of North Carolina. What we try and do is amplify those messages. We try and get people to work together to cooperatively advertise uh, to get those messages out, particularly outside of the state. Uh, there's a lot of travel that goes on inside the state, and that's good for North Carolina, and we don't want to lose that. But it's our job to try and get that new money to come in, uh, to come into our economy so people come in, bring that money, spend it in our economy, and then leave. So we're really a part of economic development. In fact, we're housed in the Economic Development Partnership in North Carolina, and that makes sense because we're trying to get people to come and, and spend those dollars and, and employ people and make life better for the citizens of the state. Well, and I know we've said this maybe on previous episodes, but you know, North Carolina ranks up there in all 50 states of, of the most visited. What What is our current number? Yeah, we're the sixth most visited state in the country, which uh, shocks a lot of people because we don't have you know the, the Disney's and those type of attractions, but uh, we have a lot of great things for people to see. We're in a great location. And really just such a tremendous variety of, of things to do and see across the state that, that were natural. So, so you were describing all the things that Visit and See does and um, yeah, those, those, all of those tasks and programs um, must fall into uh, a structure within Visit and See. And then your role is to check with each of these program heads and just sort of keep everything going. Yeah, I mean, my primary role is going to the North Carolina General Assembly and begging gotcha. for our budget uh, okay. every year. But we have a we have a consumer marketing uh, division sort of that that manages messages directly to consumers who may be thinking about travel. So that's visitnc.com, our website. It's also social media, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, where we try and showcase how great the state is. Then we have what we call a, a partner marketing uh, department that works through third parties to market the state. So if you come here because of a sports tournament, that sports tournament organizer actually worked to, to make that tournament happen here in the state. Or typically if you're an international visitor and you bought a package from a tour operator or a travel agent, that third party intermediary is the one who's, who designed the trip you're taking. So our partner marketing people work with those type of things to try and bring sports here, to try and bring, bring international visitors here. Uh, also for retire, we try and get retirees to, to come and look at his, North Carolina as a potential place to retire because those retirees, some of them come anywhere from three to 12 times to visit a place before they decide to retire there. So they're good visitors uh, and then they may even become residents. And so we've got departments that do that. We also have a department that's called the North Carolina Film Office uh, under us, and they work to bring motion pictures and other type of production events here to the state uh, because not it's great for the state publicity wise, but it also really helps economically uh, when movies and television commercials and people like that come and, and film, they spend a tremendous amount of money uh, in the communities where they where they produce those things. So that's part of us as well. Great. So you just keep all those plates spinning. Yes, it's a lot. It is we a do lot. A lot. Um, and, and so I'm really glad you mentioned the General Assembly and the funding that comes from the General Assembly. Um, North Carolina is the sixth most visited state in the nation, yet we we're probably don't rank as number six of uh, dollars that we have to spend on that marketing. 
Yeah, we're 38th wow. when it comes to, to state budgets. So, uh, you know, we do the most we can with the, with the funds we have. And um, uh, it, sure, it'd be nice to have more, but uh, we've been fortunate the last few years. We've gotten additional funds from the General Assembly. I think they appreciate what we do. And um, I think we spend those funds wisely. We show there's a, a, you know, more than a 30 to one return on investment on the, on the money we spend. Um, but yeah, I one time told uh, Tom Tillis when he was in our legislature that, you know, we were in the thirties, the low thirties uh, for budget and we were six most visited. And he said, well, great. Then you're doing a good job. You don't need any more money. It's like, wait, it's not, that's not the point. That's, that wasn't exactly what we were going for there. Um, well, no. so, so the name of this podcast, as you know, is interactions and attractions. And so I want to, um, probe your history sure. with what are, what are some interactions or maybe one key interaction that inspired you to go down this career path? Yeah. So I think really, you know, I grew up outside of Orlando, so tourism is kind of in my blood, but it was really fascinating because if you know, Orlando, uh, you know, boy, they get about as many visitors as to that area as we get to our state in a year. It's just, it's a, it's an amazing um, function of tourism. But, but if you go outside of Orlando, you get to rural areas really quickly um, that haven't been touched by tourism. And so I could see both kind of uh, what tourism can do for an economy, for a place. Uh, I can also see what it does for people to travel, how it, it broadens your horizon uh, expands who you are and, and how it helps you, I think, in personal development. So I think from growing up a lot, uh, you know, that that helped me. One of my first tourism jobs was at Medieval Times Dinner Theater. Um, and um, I ran the sound and lights. Uh, fortunately, I didn't have to wear tights, which was nice. I was hidden away. Oh, my goodness. But because I did the sound and lights, um, I got to talk to a lot of people who were there um, for the show. Uh, before the show was happening and just to to be able to to meet those people to get to know them to experience their cultures uh, and to get them to learn about me made me fascinated with tourism and and so I've, I've been a real believer in what it can do for an economy but what it can also do for people to uh you know to to help them see what the rest of the world is like and and how similar we all are despite all our differences in language or culture or things like that well, so you mentioned rural areas. Um, how much of your job now involves working with rural communities or visiting seas? Yeah, the, the I'd say the vast majority of our job is working with rural areas. Uh, you know, um, we do help the big areas, the big tourism areas. They work with us. They do cooperative advertising, and that's great. Uh, but, you know, they've got their own staffs. They've got their own programs. They don't sort of need us as much as the rural areas do. And I think the rural areas need us more and we can help them more. So uh, a lot of our program is designed to help rural rural areas. Uh, you know, we don't just do cooperative advertising. We do cooperative research programs. We do cooperative uh, sports programs. We try and help people cooperative photography and video for people that don't have the funds or the resources to get a, a videographer to come out and shoot some B-roll for them to have to be able to go out and, and market. Um, and even our, our, in our cooperative advertising program, if, if you're a one person shop and you don't have the ability to, to create an ad, we'll create the ad for you um, to run in the, in the advertising and marketing program. So we do spend a lot of our time with the rural areas. I think that's some of the best stories. You know, that's, those are some of the undiscovered places, the neat stories of the state. And it fascinates me as a storyteller 
but I think it also is a, it's a great way to get people to extend their their reach of where they go across the state. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, and and our rural areas are so rich in the stories. Oh yeah, we've got the Smithsonian Institution, um, as you know, working uh, with the Uplift program to draw out some of the the stories uh, and and um, extend the experiences. We'll be having um, a a workshop with them, an in-person workshop with them in each of the Uplift regions later this month in January. Yeah, those are outstanding, you know, and so many people, even people who live in the state, they think they know the state, but they don't know these great stories that are just outside their backyard. If they just, you know, get in the car and drive a couple hours, you find some amazing things. That's right. All these entrepreneurs doing their thing yeah, um, and just choosing not to do it in a city. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we love working with Visit NC. I mean, Andre Neighbors, uh, we, I drag him to meetings every chance I get. We are just so grateful to all the support he provides um, to us and, and the, to the communities. Marlies and Ashton, we've been working with them on the Zartico Research Program. You know, some of these partner programs that you mentioned. Um, Kathy came to the Rural Tourism Summit and talked more about the cooperative marketing uh, aspects of partnership programs. Amanda was kind enough to do a webinar on sports tourism. What is, what, what is more, what can we do um, together to support rural tourism in the new year? Oh yeah. Well, you know, uh, talk about the staff. The the reason I won the state tourism director of the year award is because of this great staff I have and they do an awesome job and they're really available for people they care about what they do. They care about these destinations across the state. So the main thing I think for people to do would be to reach out to us to say, how can we help you? You know, we have a, a partner site uh, that talks about our strategic plan and all the things we do and all the way people can engage with us. It's it's a website. It's partners.visitnc.com. And, and anybody who's in the tourism industry or, or needs help or, or, or wants help, should go there and that talks about all the different programs we have, what the specific staff people do, um, how we can help, how we can get you on our website, how you can join in a co-op, how you can go on a media mission or a sales mission um, to extend your message. You know, there's nothing better than I remember um, oh, a while ago, we took uh, the uh, lady from Spruce Pine, North Carolina to New York to talk about this project they had that was called Home of the Perfect Christmas Tree and she wound up talking to an editor from Family Circle magazine and got a four page story in the magazine. Uh, if you would have bought that advertising space, it would have cost you more than $200,000 uh, to get that type of coverage. Um, but we were able to generate it for her and it really helped uh, drive drive some traffic to that, that business. So maybe uh, in the new year, um, we can uplift and visit and see can work together on additional generating additional earned media like that. Oh, exactly. I think earned media is a tremendous thing, particularly for rural communities um, to get because it's it's a third party endorsement. It's believable. Uh, there's no advertising cost to it. You just really have to find the find the story and find the right audience for that story and tell it to you. I also think, you know, working with social media outlets, it's a great way to expand your message. Um, we had a a TikToker picked up a, a, one of our commercials and, and talked about it, and it got 3 million um, comments on it. Wow. Or it was viewed by 3 million people. I think it had like 50,000 or 80,000 comments. That's, I don't, those numbers don't even make sense. They're so big. That's great. Yeah. 
it's just it's just crazy and it was free yeah free you know so so i think that's one way those are two areas earned media and social media where rural areas can really you can compete with the biggest destinations in the world you just have to have that right story and tell it and we've got people that can help help you draw out that story what is the story what's unique what's different um, oh, that's great. But uh, but it only happens through through partnership, through working together. Yeah. And, and later in the second half of 2024, um, we will be planning and practicing for uh, some familiarization tours. And so our communities, we're going to take them through a process to do like a friendly fam tour. We're calling it friendly, which will be the practice. Yeah. Um, I think I would be intimidated if you told me um, some media, you know, family circle was going to come to my farm. Um, and so I would want to practice those things with a friendly audience. So we'll be doing a little bit of that um, this year and hope that folks from Visit NC might be able to attend. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I love what you guys are doing with Uplift. I think it's so important because I think the biggest problem rural areas have is they just don't have the bandwidth right. uh, to be ready for these things or, or to be able to, to, to join in our program. So you guys sort of being that intermediary there is perfect. And, you know, there are those things you really need to practice because you don't want to bring that that travel writer in from family circle and have her go to the front desk of the hotel or to the restaurant and the waitress or the front desk person say, oh, why are you here? There's nothing here. This that's right. there's nothing to do here that's right. that, you know, that's the worst. Um, and you really got to have everybody on on board and sometimes going through the process helps everybody get an understanding. Oh, I see. This is why they're here. Right. This is what they're looking for. Um, so what you guys are doing, I think, is so important for, for rural North Carolina. I'm thrilled that you're doing it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And of course, there's many other partners outside of our two organizations doing uh, similar training and, um, and education for the workforce. Yeah. Um, so looking ahead, it's 2024. What are some of the key tourism issues and trends that you'll be focusing on? Yeah. So what we're trying to do now, what we've seen coming out of the pandemic is we're trying to get the best visitor to the best areas at the best time uh, for the state. What we found is that some areas of the state were getting too many people coming to try and do the same thing at the same time. It wasn't good for the resource. It wasn't good for the area. It wasn't good for the community. And then there are some areas that still want to get as many people as they can, whenever they can, however they can. So we want to work with them as well. But a big part of our program is, is our Outdoor NC program, which we started during the pandemic. And the idea there really is, is resource management. It's about getting people, distributing them across areas so we're not overburdening specific parks, attractions, uh, hotels, even communities to, to distribute that better. So it's economically helping as much as we can without overtaxing the land, uh, the people, but, and it's also educational. Uh, we found during the pandemic, a lot of people got outdoors for the first time. So they didn't understand how, what to wear. They didn't understand what to pack, what not to pack, where they could walk, where they could not walk, what they could bring in. You know, it's, uh, you don't want people trying to take selfie on the top of a waterfall and walking out onto the edge. Um, so it's really, I think, an important program for us uh, to help people uh, manage our resource to to keep you know North Carolina special and beautiful into the next generations. Oh, I love that you used the D word uh, distribution. Yeah. Um, even diffusion of 
traffic, um, uh, tourist traffic, uh, visitor uh, traffic um, around the state, um, yes, for economic impact to distribute that and, di and diffuse that. Um, but but I'm so happy that Visit NC is talking about the uh, environmental impact as well. Um, uh, Marlise and Ashton and Kathy all came to the Rural Tourism Summit uh, that we held back in November, and our uh, speaker was about uh, talked about uh, regenerative tourism. Dauphin yeah. Rocher uh, from Norway came, and he has a regenerative projects that visitors come and they volunteer and do some citizen science, but it all gives back to uh, the environment. And um, and it was just so cool to see, visit and see into um, these these types of projects. So I thank you. Thank you for me. Oh yeah, no, I th it's I think it's crucial for us, you know, in the future. We're known for our natural scenic beauty. Yeah. Um, and if, if everybody's at the same place, uh, you know, trash in the place, it's not going to be the same. So we have to be we have to be really careful and cognizant of that. Uh, another big thing for us is disability access nice. uh, to attractions across the state. Uh, you know, that's becoming more and more important. I think there's a study about one in four Americans have some type of a disability. Um, and so we want to promote uh, different ways in which people can access the state and, and, and highlight that in ways it hasn't been done before, because we think that's important going forward. too. Fantastic. That's. I'm really looking forward to, to 2024 now. Uh, so, so, and I'm assuming some of these things um, you will, um, you, the agency will be talking about at the conference in March, the visit and see conference. Yes. So that's, you know, our general schedule, we try and help all those local tourism offices. Most of those local tourism offices, their budget years start in July. Right. So they have to plan for July. So we try and do our annual conference in March. Um, to help get our message out of, of where we're going to be buying ads, what the programs are that they can buy into with us. So they have time between March and July to, to plan their budgets. So in July, we'll come out and we'll talk about all the new programs we have, the, some of the exciting things we're doing, um, and, and where we can help people market the state of North Carolina. We'll do that at our state tourism conference. We move it around the state. This year, it's in wonderful Greenville, North Carolina in the east. Yes. Um, and so we're excited about that March 17th to 19th. Um, and at, there's information on that at the partner site, partners.visitnc.com. Well, before we started recording, you and I were talking about Dana Clark, uh, the, the great professor from Appalachian State who uh, recently retired. One of my favorites. Right. Um, he's an icon. And, um, and, and we were, and we were talking about his retirement event, but so I have to ask you other than, other than Dana Clark, who's your favorite tourism professor in the state? Oh, well, that's an easy question. Is it? Whitney Nolenberg with NC State University. Oh, out. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. Out. Why, of course, it's Dr. Carol Klein. Well, you know, Whitney, Whitney I want to say Whitney was my student, but she actually wasn't. We just overlapped at East Carolina um, by a year. She was finishing up her program when I was coming in. Oh, I, we're blessed in North Carolina. We've got some great tourism faculty across the state, but it's wonderful what you guys do. And what Appalachian State University does to just to put out quality uh, tourism industry representatives every year. I'm, I'm really, we're blessed. We have several App State grads on my staff and, and they're fantastic people. 
Yeah. And we have seven, you know, all the programs in North Carolina, we have seven programs that focus on tourism in some way, shape or form. Sometimes it's attached to hospitality. Sometimes it's attached to recreation. All, all of them are very good programs. Yeah. And the nice thing is there's such a variety there that uh, whatever aspect of the industry you want to get into, you can really find a, a good spot for it. That's right. That's right. Well, so, you know, the last question I have to ask you is, is really hard and I, I don't want any, you know, hemming or hauling. I want to know <laughs> what's your one favorite attraction in North Carolina. All right. So this is like, you know, picking amongst your children and saying, which is your favorite. Got to do it. Uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to change it up. I usually say it's the Andre the Giant uh, um, exhibit at the Rankin Museum in Ellerby, North Carolina, because a lot of people don't know about that. And it's just so bizarre. Richmond County. So cool. Yep. Mm -hmm. Richmond County. Um, that, that I usually say, but I'm going to say my favorite is a place called Danny's barbecue in Cary. Oh, and the reason for that is everybody in North Carolina hat should have that local barbecue joint that they go to that feels like home to them. It's, it's, it's what's special to them. They love to eat there. They love to be there. Of course, if it was the whole state, it would be the Skylight Inn, which is the most classic place in Aden, North Carolina, outside of Greens, uh, Greenville. But but I'm going to say it's it's that local barbecue joint. And the reason for that, I think, is because when you go into a local barbecue joint, everybody's there. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're rich, if yeah. you're poor, if you're black, if you're white, if you're straight, if you're gay. We have a lot of differences in this world, but barbecue joints to me are the one spot where everybody comes together and we can all share in a good meal and things we enjoy and love. Even if you're a vegetarian, you can go because they have side tray plates where you can get, you know, the beans and the mac and cheese and uh, vegans may not be, but we're, we're going to leave them out. I mean, I'm, I'd like to see, I'd like to think they might have a vegan, uh, I mean, sorry, a jackfruit, you know, uh, sandwich. Let's just say they do. Maybe. Yeah, it's true. Possibly. But 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 I really think barbecue places are, are where everybody comes together. And it's where you see, you know, the other thing we're known for is that hospitality. And you really feel that kinship and the friendship with people of all all different, uh, you know, every different strand of people that's out there. You can see them at a local barbecue joint hanging out together, enjoying a meal. And I think that's what's what's most special about the state and this place. Well, thank you for the straight answer there. You're my favorite guest, Whit, because you just answered the question. Uh, that's great. Um, all right. Well, this has been fabulous talking to you. Thank you so much for your time. I, I'm so excited about this airing and um, Happy New Year, everyone. Sure. And thanks for having me on here. And thanks for everything you're doing with Uplift. Uh, it's a great project. Can't wait to do more with it. That's all we have today on interactions and attractions. Thank you all for joining us. Stay tuned every Monday and Friday for new releases and be sure to stay updated on what Uplift is doing through our social media. The Uplift program is funded under award 04790789 from the Economic Development Administration, U.S. Department of Commerce. The conversations, insights, and recommendations are those of the podcast production team and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Economic Development Administration or the U.S. Department of Commerce.